0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Four Blades in a pub, and there's no better way to start than pods and say we're bloody really good again. And it's amazing. Good evening, everyone. I'm John. Hello, Dan. Hello, mate. Hello, Ian. Evening, mate. Hello, Philip.
1: Hello, Jonathan. Nice to hear your happy voice.
0: And (laughs) yeah, we are bloody brilliant. So I think there was a little bit of a... Not cautious optimism, because I don't think we would ever be accused of that. But I think Phil particularly was saying you know, we, could, we could go on a run. And since we last spoke, we've won every game. It's great. So, I mean, we could go back as far as the Peterborough game. But obviously, we're fresh off that really good result against West Brom. Dan, do you want us to kick us off with how you're feeling about United at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's probably been said thousand times today on various Twitter sites and stuff like that. But if you compare the feeling after the last time we played West Brom, where we got battered, roundly battered, physically, just in every possible way a football team can get battered. And at that stage, four or five games after that, it looked like them, Fulham and Bournemouth were going to run away with it. It was going to be a three-horse race. And then look at us now. Look at look at kind of where we are now. We were all feeling sorry for ourselves, probably quite rightly at the time. Compare that to now, we're the kind of form team in the division. The turnaround's been enormous. We've actually, you know, we've gone above West Brom. They're they're in free fall, they're in all sorts of trouble with a manager who I wouldn't put my mortgage on getting them out get actually turning them round. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, how quickly things change.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I saw a stat today, uh, I can't remember who it was that put it on Twitter, but since Heckingbottom took over, we've played the least games out of anybody in the Championship, but we've also won the most games out of anybody in the Championship in that period of time, which is remarkable, really. Um, we, we did talk about it at the end of the game last night, actually. So, going back a little bit further to the Blackburn game, where we were horrendous, a little bit further than Heckingbottom, not where you're referring to the West Brom thing, but the Blackburn game where we were horrendous and Jekanovic made a couple of changes in terms of the, the formation and the, and the people that were playing. After that, we drew at Coventry, we beat Reading, and that was the start of this, this kind of run that the only thing that really has helped, that's halted this run has been everybody crying off over Christmas because I think had we not have had that period where we'd missed all those games, I'm certain we'd have beat Derby. I think we'd have probably been a little bit more match fit in terms of picking up the, or or finishing, seeing the game out that we didn't do against Preston, we could quite easily be sat in the playoffs now, let alone be on the verge of them. And knowing that we've got a tough game at the weekend and then four home games after that, it puts us in a really strong position if we can pick up something on Saturday and then keep this going. Who knows?
3: I agree. Yeah,
2: completely.
3: I think the thing that impressed me last night was our... Resilience, because we didn't really get off to the best start. They were on the front foot, they were pressing high, squeezing. But once we got the kind of foothold in the game, and it came with a goal that I didn't see coming at the time, I thought we were. I thought we were great. Yes, the sending off helped, but we played with an assurance at the back. We dealt with that aerial threat brilliantly, which is obviously a major failure when we went to the Hawthorns earlier on in the season. We just didn't deal with the aerial bombardment, the long throws, throwing the ball into the box. And when we did get the ball down and play, we scored three goals. Ostensibly, I, hear, I haven't seen it back, but one of them shouldn't have been ruled out for offside. I understand. But we played some fantastic, intricate passing football, especially last goal. Retained possession for 25, 26 passes. And then Billy finishes like that. You can't ask for much more, actually, at the minute.
1: That's one of the best goals I've seen at Lane. that. Just the the patience and the go down one side, bring it back, go across the middle, go back, go forward again to come back. And it was just wonderful to watch. And there were two or three times where we nearly scored like that in that second half. And Jay should have scored. It was a great save by Johnson. Um, There was that where it pinged about the penalty area a couple of times that came on the back of a really good move for us. But... Whilst, whilst sort of waxing lyrical about the football, I think the way I had some yesterday up was professional. Everything mm-hmm. that we did, we dealt with them really, really well. I thought Egan just schooled uh, Andy Carroll from first minute to last. They had no shots really other than pot shots from outside the box. Albeit, Dean Garner was it that, that, that bulldog tackled, probably should have done better and probably should have scored. Although looking at the footage, he looked about three miles offside. Um, everything we did and then handling handling with 10 men I just thought was just professional from from every
2: single one of them There seems to have been a massive and I have tweeted about this earlier on today and it kind of you can see the change since Eckenbottom took over in the way that the players are applying themselves the way they're going about the job the way they're willing to put the to put the bodies on the line to put blocks in and to you know, like like that, you know the the, the Baldock tackle last night, it would have been quite easy for everyone just to go, oh, you know, he's a, he's 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 clear, he's in, he's going to score. But Baldock breaks his neck to get back, and that's that's testament to him. Um And I think that's I think that's that's a, a really good example of how the players are obviously buying into what Heckingbottom's getting them to do, and how they didn't buy into what Jukanovic got them to do. And I'm I'm not throwing the players under the bus here. Sorry, I'm not I'm, I'm not throwing the players under the bus here, but. I don't, I wouldn't say they're tools under Ukanovic, kind of but you could see they, they, they weren't buying into what he was trying to get them to do. And I think Eckenbottom's probably gone back to basics
0: and just got them, got them doing jobs that they're comfortable doing. Um, well, when, when he took over, there was one of the behind the blades thing. And I think he when they slyly leave a bit of swearing in on something quite profound sometimes. And there was a comment from Heckingbottom, and it's not a direct quote this, but something like, well, the first thing that needs to change is you, when you lose the ball, you need to win the ball back. Yeah. And there's just that little bit of purpose without the ball, which we didn't have under Ikanovic. That, what Baldock clears last night, if you think back to the Birmingham game, where there was a sort of innocuous diagonal ball, first game of the season, into the box between, I think it was Osborne and Ramsdale. And between them, they made an absolute pig's ear of it and we conceded. The defence was static to where we are now is a million miles off. And if you compare like even three or four weeks ago, that Preston draw, some of those funny footage where we've got eight men in the box, yet we've done nothing to defend the play. To where we are now. I, I think it's I think it's just so impressive. And I would have been like particularly, I would have been a bit more cautious, but we've now done it against, yeah, Peterborough aren't very good. But Birmingham away was a tough game. We went there and we came from behind to win. And like last night, like beating West Brom, and whether they're on form, not informed, is the new manager bounds. Yes, there's a red card, but we've done it against sides at the top, middle, and bottom of the league there. And, and, and we've been comprehensive to an extent in them all. And what's even more impressive, I don't think we've really been at it for 90 minutes yet. And when we are, someone's going to get an absolute pasting Because this is without Gibbs White as well. And I, I, I know the players have been good. And big point I want to make about it is, if I think back now, three years to when we last got promoted, towards the end of that season... Players came in, but really, I reckon there was only about 14 people who were around the team who you'd trust. So I'm thinking, you know, we know the classic team, and then Craney came in towards the end of the season and did well, and, and Dowell played the odd bit. Hogan started a lot, and I know he scored the goal, one of the goals that sent us up, but the, I don't feel outside of the 11, there was that many people you could rely on. And what's so impressive of last night, Norrington Davis and Davis go out side, and then in come Robinson and then B- Baldock. I, I think everyone presumed it would be Bogle on the left, not Baldock. And they perform like that, flex out, hurrah straight back in. McGoldrick, who everyone had written off after his little cameo at Preston, puts in an absolutely stunning performance, probably the best he's played since that first season in the Premier League for me, that by McGoldrick last night. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. And it, it just like squad rotation, it's it just for me, I'm 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 so excited about what's to come because I think we've got a real chance. Uh, a shout, to...
2: Just a bit of a shout on Jack Robinson there. Just obviously, because mm-hmm. you've just mentioned him. we mentioned him other week about one of the players we'd like to see go. Terrible footballer, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Last few games, absolutely not put a foot wrong. Even thing was the, really,
1: really good last
2: night. Even I the thought, couple of misplaced yeah. passes early in the first half, I don't think actually were on him. It was, it was a lack of movement in front of him. He was yep. kind of looking for someone to hit and ended up having to knock 50-50 balls in with his right foot. So, but in terms of defending, not put a foot wrong for, for a few games now.
1: And I think that tackle in, under Bruce's nose set the tone for the, for the, the way What's
2: that Bruce
0: we went about. about?
2: Seriously, what is Bruce moaning No about? idea. He's no well, he's just, I
0: don't know. He's he's takes he takes the ball perfectly.
2: It.
0: His favourite I'm, grab shop, shot that he used to go to when he was Wednesday manager or something. That must have put him in a bad mood before the match fat pick. Sorry. I mean,
2: so last two weeks we've had Lee Bowyer turning purple because of that offside, and Steve Bruce who already looks like a red cabbage. Getting even, even getting even more red on sidelines. What what colour we're we going to? Uh, what colour are we going to turn? Uddersfield manager this weekend.
1: Well, he's already like a, like a very nice suntan brown colour, isn't he? What's he going to do? I can't see him
2: going red. Yeah, maybe not.
3: I think, I think the point you made about application, you put it on a tweet today, didn't you, Dan, about the, um, the kind of attitude and application under Hecky, personified by that Baldock tackle... Mm and the celebration afterwards, which I did quite like Phil Jackson's reply saying, I remember you doing similar on Concord Park, Park um, I, I <laughs> was, was a very, but,
1: never got anywhere near someone on a one-on-one, I'll tell you that. I was a very,
2: very average footballer, so every bit of, every every good tackle was celebrated like a goal. I've got no problem, <laughs> I've got no problem saying that.
3: But it's about doing the simple things well, you know, I know it's not simple, he had to change back, but he, he, he did his job. And like, you know, we criticise Jack Robinson I have a lot, but Robinson is doing the basics and he's doing the basics well. If you do the basics well, you've got the platform to play and, and that's, that's the big thing, what they're capable of.
1: I think that's a really good analogy for how we started yesterday. Ian. I think whilst we, we didn't start particularly well, I think that was more about the way they started. We stuck to our game. We did what we needed to do the best we could until we could get a foothold in the game when we grew into it. And, and that, was the, that was the foundation for what came for the rest of, rest of the game, because when they were pouring it on us early on, we could have easily capitulated and, and gone within ourselves like we might have done earlier on in the season under Ikanovic. So I, I think, yeah. uh, uh, Ian, was it you? No, sorry, John, it was you were saying earlier about that video with Peckingbottom. Um, One of the things I can remember from that was saying, it, it was talking about fucking up. Don't worry about fucking up. We all fuck up. I'll be more annoyed if you don't try something. Because it's, it's doing that and making those mistakes and taking those risks. It's going to, be, going to be the difference between being a good side and not. And you can see that.
0: I think you've seen that the most as well in the midfield too. And that's why we're actually playing as well as we are. Yep. Because Hurrahan and Norwood both will... I think Hurrahan's still got to work too to win some fans over for some reason. But those two, like... People like if you, I don't think people realize probably how limited a lot of the central midfield pairs in the division are compared to them, because we've obviously watched Premier League football for two seasons prior to this, and we've had Norwood now for four years. We take some of the passing for granted, and Hurrahan, he's not he's not sparkling. Yeah, I mean he's not scored. He's not you know we've not seen one of those bits of individual brilliance that he used to come up with for Villa and like uh, back in the day, but like. They're not playing within themselves and it, it, it allows the forward players to not play within themselves and it's just, just so good to see. I'm, I'm so happy with what I'm seeing at United at the moment.
2: As well as hands playing, obviously he's out of contract at Villa at the end of the season, but obviously he'll be a year older. It all depends on what division we're in next season, but is he worth taking on for a season next season or do we think we get the best out you know, we. we Take the best out of him we can this season, and realise that he's going to be. What will he be next season? Thirty-four. Four. I don't think he's that old. You
1: know, Is I he think not? he's only just turned thirty. I don't no, think right. he's I quite as old. Doing, as think. I may
2: be doing him a disservice.
1: Maybe doing I, him a disservice. everybody's now looking at the phones, meaning <laughs> having
0: to Google
2: off. Who, he's thirty-one. Thirty-one, and I think he's
0: just. I was
3: going to
2: comment. Just
3: I was going to say, it's that thinning hair and beard thing, Dan, it, you know, it prematurely kind of ages people a bit. It
2: I'm, does. I'm, I'm actually only 17. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I, I wouldn't take him next season, though, because if we go up, I don't, think I, I don't think he'll be, I don't think he'll be quite good enough. And if we don't go up, I don't think he'll do what we need to, to take us to the next level. And I think he'll command a fairly high wage in answer to your
3: question.
2: That, that would have probably been my answer as well, to be
3: honest. He's 31
2: Sorry, Ian.
3: I would say he's 31. So it, it, you'd argue he's still got another season or two. But, I th- but th- is th- I think he going to other- come
2: on a one-season deal or is he going to want the security of two years, three years, in yeah. which case you're taking someone on who's going to be 33, 34 by the time they that deal, aren't they?
1: On the flip side of that, are we going to, at some point, um, give Basham and Billy a new contract?
3: We've got to. Well, that's we? in, but that's but that's but that come back to that point. It depends which division we're in and Heki he kind of let that slip last night. The, he said that a couple actually, of times, he's not just
1: said that last night, he has said that a couple of yeah. times. But out of respect for what them two have done, you surely you'd give him another year, wouldn't
0: you? I would 100 percent Phil. But we've sat here three months ago bemoaning the likes of McGoldrick and Sharp having these contract extensions. My my different opinion on Hurahan would be that if we were to get promoted and we're not awash with money, who knows what we'd have to spend if we were to get promoted, but you'd be getting someone with Premier League experience an international on a free transfer when you're losing a lot of squad players. I think it'd be a no-brainer for 12 months if he'd sign. He'd sign in the Premier League for 12 months. I don't think he'd sign 12 months in the Championship. That's just. It's, it's,
1: a different, it's a different viewpoint, and it? it's an interesting, different way of looking at it, I suppose. We'll have to see. I mean, he's clearly still a good footballer. That's, that much is obvious. Far better than he was performing earlier on in the season, anyway.
2: I mean, he's, he's another player whose game's never been based on pace, has it? He's, he's not someone whose who's, who's sole attribute was pace. And once that goes, he loses 80% of his effectiveness. He's, he's obviously, his game has always been about being good on the ball, being good with a football. Do you
1: think. Um, in terms of his experience at the Premier League level and, and everything that goes with it, do you think if that had been, uh, I don't know, Fleck that had been fouled like that yesterday, do you think Livermore had still been sent off? Because I thought from a, a way he reacted point of view, Hurahane probably added to how bad it looked in the referee's eye, eyes.
2: I think it's just a bad tackle.
1: Oh, it was, yeah. that's a bad tackle. And how many times Liverpool... have we seen bad tackles against us and we've bounced back up and carried on,
2: carried on going? We've said that a lot, haven't we? Yeah. They'd be too
3: so mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Bit of that, like, just a
2: bit of that a bit, of that, bit of that savviness that we lacked in the Premier League.
0: The fact that Livermore stuck around to check he was all right tells you how bad a challenge it was. He knew he'd done bad, done him there. They won the ball, didn't he? Pardon?
1: They won the ball, didn't he?
2: They're appealing. Apparently West Brom yeah. are appealing West it. West Brom appealing it. They, they have oh, a yeah, first, they've
0: we're, we're a to they're appealing it. I'll, I'll yeah, look. I, it. I want to see, it from, I'll see it from different angles and then we'll decide whether or not we're going to peel it, but we probably will if so we feel it's harsh. All right, Steve.
2: The only thing I can think is that Bruce doesn't rate him and he wants to get him an extra ban for a frivolous appeal, so he thinks, fuck it, I'll get him out for four rather than three. It's he already, already four. It's <laughs> already four? A four, game, yeah. It's his, his second, second red card. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he's
0: looking
3: at five games then. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, yeah, uh, to me... To me, the the one thing I'd say on that is, and we should have a we should be nominating every pod now. After Sam Hutchinson's outrageous claims the other week, we should have the the Sam Hutchinson Award for one-eyed bullshittery. And uh, I think Steve Bruce wins this week for that. He took the ball. I mean he's no Is he in the
2: follow up to Goonies?
3: (laughs) One eyed (laughs) bullshittery. He's no good Steve Steve. Bruce. I mean Steve Bruce says, are hey, you gone?"
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's definitely Chunk. Well, um, he's, he's, he's gone from Mrs Doubtfire to Goonies, hasn't he? So.
0: Mrs Doubtfire. I mean, I can't... i be interested to see how long he lasts at West Brom Bruce. They don't, they don't tend to stick around when they get a good manager. It just oh. says, Smacks
1: had a really weird appointment. I don't understand what they were trying to achieve by appointing someone who's known for being a negative manager. They were... Ah.
0: Pay, through the, uh, pay through the absolute roof for compensation to get the lad from Barnsley and then to pay him off. Bruce has only took an 18-month deal there, which I thought was quite surprising when I heard that yesterday.
2: We, we, we were talking this on, on way back to Carl last night, weren't we, Phil? Well, and we said what an odd appointment Bruce was. And we, we all kind of said it. We all agreed. Warnock would have been a far better appointment for them just on a, a six-month deal just to get the current players they've got playing and firing and get them up and at it and, and, you know, try and get them into playoffs. He would have been a far better fit than Bruce and then obviously reassess at the end of the season, whether he gets you up or not, probably get rid of him. Yeah, you're right. I I didn't
1: think about it at the time though, but can you imagine
2: West Brom accepting Warnock? Well, yeah, possibly. Yeah. But you know do you know what, though? He'd love it. He'd go in there, and after two minutes, he'd be saying, all oh, Thorns fans, best fans I've ever played in front of. I've always wanted to I've always wanted to this club. I've always said they were the biggest club in the Midlands. And the 27 year old
1: William would be walking around in a new
2: shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, he's got competition these days. Um, but he's, um, he'd have him, he'd have him absolutely in at a palm of his hand with him within a couple of games.
0: He really would. That's the, what Warnock could do that at any club in the country apart from Wednesday because he, he, he goes with his formula and then he'd be telling some story about, oh, Andy, oh, Andy Carroll, he'd hurt his back, he said, but I knew he'd been out on a night out. But, you know, he, he he got me in the playoffs that season, did Andy. He, he, he was a great lad, special lad. Had a really good relationship with him. Oh,
2: what, I, I think Carroll did them more harm than good last night because he just, when, he, when you've got him up there, there's literally only one way to play in that. It's not like you've got a... a a real mobile target man up there. You've got a proper target man who cannot get around. And especially once they went down to 10 men, they had no option. They had no option in behind. They they had nothing. And Egan, like like you said at the run, Phil, absolutely had him in his pocket. Absolutely had him in his pocket last
1: night. One of the funniest (laughs) moments of last night, though, that foul that he managed to win himself when nobody was near him. He won a ball in the air and landed on his arse.
2: And the referee gave a free kick for it. What was that all about? Crushed under the weight of his own top
0: knot. <laughs> Talking of Egan, he's really is back to his best for me. He's had a fantastic couple of games like for for a while now. Egan's been back to being really solid, like really good. I think it probably ha- I think it's really helped him having Basham back in the team near him, someone he trusts, obviously. And Basham's been playing well apart from last night where there was one time he turned in and then played a blind pass back towards his own goal which was but, and you know, nut he got nutmeg twice, nut make, nut make twice. Yeah. yeah like you said that, Phil, on Twitter today it was like one of them giraffes that you press the bottom and all the legs fall down you know like the toys used to get can't remember what they're called probably just giraffes that legs fall but um a giraffe
2: toy hmm. Catchy. <laughs> it
0: <don't know. laughs>
3: Weird
2: that's, that that second popular.
3: one... That... I'm just, I'm just going to go and take that through to Dragon's Den that's on it in the other room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm looking for £200,000 for 10% of my wooden giraffe toy business.
0: <laughs> Paul, ba- I mean, Paul Basham got called a McDonald's chip in the last one, so he's in for it again, Paul. That, that I think described one... him as a lame giraffe earlier, didn't
2: I? Well, that, that second one last night, that second nutmeg he got, we, obviously we've all played football, you know, Sunday League, five-a-side, whatever it is. We've all been in that position where you have got to go one way and the ball goes the other, and all your weight's completely on the wrong side, and you know you can't get out of it, and you just kind of cave in on yourself. And you you know for a fact last night as he was as he was on his way down, you know he was just saying, "bastard," as he as he's kind of, as he kind of felt it the ground. There's nothing you can do. All your weight's the wrong way. The kids going the other way. Don't
0: me they're bastard. Yeah, but. There's a lot of lot of players at the minute that like we we could talk about playing well, but I think we obviously need to pivot towards one individual. We've all all four of us at times said that his time was up. We don't want to see him playing. We want he's a bit part player from here on in. Um one of us, not going to mention who, but they'll probably own up to it, did wonder if they'd even score a goal this season, a league goal. Uh, last season,
1: were not
0: it? It was me, it was last season. So it's it's just, what's so good about him, Billy Sharp, is I was sat before we went to Peter Brussain I'd really love to start seeing McBurney and Bruce to get a run. So I know Sharp's chipped him with the odd goal, but he's not playing well. He could be the shittiest player in the world, but he's still, between now and the end of the season, starts every game, scoring another 10 goals. And that'd get us not only in the playoffs, but knocking on the door a second. It's The form he's in is possibly as good as it's ever been or equal to as good as it's ever been for United. Bear in mind the the calibre we're playing at. I'm not thinking about the League One season. We're playing at the Championship, competing to get out of the division. I just think he's it's just amazing to see.
1: How many did he get a
0: season we went up? Not many because the 30, goals... Was it uh, 13? The goals were shared around with Goldrick. Chipped in with about the same that season, and obviously we've got people like Dowell Duffy getting like three or four. Um, Stephen, I'm,
1: I'm wondering whether he could, like you say, what we got? How many games we got left? Nineteen games or eighteen games, something like that. It's not inconceivable that he, he can get ten more to a now and end of the season.
2: No, what's no, he got no. now? League game? What's he got league I this season?
1: Twelve. I think he's yeah, I think He got,
3: tw- it was got 20, twelve last night. He got twenty-three this season. We went up, I think.
1: But he's got right. 12
3: league goals this season,
2: so it won't get as much. It won't get as much press as, as Mitrovic. Obviously, Mitrovic is, is going to break the record. He's going to get 40 plus possibly. <clears throat> There's a good chance Shark could get 20 this season. 20 league goals, which for any striker at any level, 20 league goals is a is a good season. That's a good return. But to do it at his age, in a side that. We've kind of stuttered for first third, first half of the season. If he gets 20 this season, like you said, 19 games left, a big chunk of them at home, we're thin on the ground with strikers now after McGoldrick got injured last night. So he's, there's every chance, while ever he's fit, he's going he's gonna to play, he's going to start. I think that's potentially a, a relatively, an achievement that's at least as relatively good, or if not better, than Mitrovic in Forte in a side that's flying like Fulhamar.
0: I couldn't 100% agree. And, and as well, like, Sharp, 36. Do you remember when Kevin Phillips went to Birmingham at, like, 37 and he banged a load in still in, the, in, in this division? It took him up. Yeah. Well, his goals took him up. So it's it's weird that I think, I don't know, maybe we're just being, maybe people are just like, pouring petrol on the fire because they've got it in for the club in because they're not forgiving them for what happened with the previous manager, but saying you know, oh Prince is being naive and stuff. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm sure the contracts of Sharp and Basham will get sorted. All right. I'm I'd be I'd be flabbergasted. I think if Billy Sharp left the club on a free and we had not made him an offer, even if it was on reduced terms or something, I just think they would be total up. It'd be PR suicide. What sharp brings for United, like the coverage and the good feeling around the club, all the sort of stuff on like little things feel like the one you were involved in on Sky and stuff like that. It's like if you like him and Basham are Mr. Mr. and Mr. Very Modern Sheffield United. Right? <laughs> That's <laughs> gotta be the name of the pod tonight. Mr. Mr. and Mr. Mr. Sheffield United. <laughs> racket's very modern, yeah. But like it's <laughs> um I don't know. It, I, I think I think it has to get sorted, and it will. But it seems like after we're playing this well, people are saying, "Don't let the performances disguise from like the shit show in the boardroom." It's like, well, it's not disguising from it because I don't support the board. I support the team. I go and watch the team. I'm interested in the team. The other stuff affects the team, of course it does. But I'm I'm a Sheffield United supporter, and I look. I don't. I got, I, yes, I'm involved. It, like, I want to be involved in everything, I consume it all. But the thing I really care about is if my team win, and my team are winning at the moment. So, why does even when we have a discussion point have to be tinged with this negativity? I find it, I don't know, I find that really irritating. No,
1: and I just, think just on Billy's well. pardon Phil. So, I think a lot of that's hearsay and opinion as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think anyone thinks things are rosy in the boardroom, but I also don't think they're quite as bad as what people seem to make out or no, believe.
0: It, it's easy to... It, it'd be easy. To, it's, it's an easier standpoint to say it's bad than to make a case that actually what we've seen happen in the last couple of months, like, we might not have agreed with it at the time, it blew his mind a little bit, but they've actually... The decision to appoint Hackingbottom has been a good one, so there's no argument with that and we don't have to trace it back to say who the person who decided to have him working at the club was and actually this is all down to that person he's the manager that's been appointed now and he's getting the results so the praise needs to go to hecking bottom first and foremost and only hecking bottom because a far more decorated manager couldn't knock a tune out of this bunch of players and one that had more <laughs> more, more quality in it you'd argue in the likes of Olsen, Moose, and stuff, and people who've moved on, people who we were paying quite a lot of money to by all accounts, or depending again who you believe.
3: Just to go back to that sharp point, sorry, I've got a terrible line tonight. I want to delay that feels like I'm on the other side of the world. Um, I, I think the thing that for me with sharp's goals recently is the way in which he's taken them. You know, the, the nat- two or three natural Strikers finishers, like you say you don't lose that you you can you, you, we talked about you know he's he's not his contribution in some games leading up to this last run of three or four games has been more limited in open play, but then, like you say, we haven't got another player who would take that goal at Peterborough the way he took the goal at Peterborough. We haven't got a player who would take probably either goal and turn and, and hit it you know both goals last night in that respect we haven't got a player who makes that kind of run he made against Birmingham. And that's the standout, isn't it? it, it you, I suppose you never lose that until the point when you perhaps your like don't quite get you there as quick. And he shows no sign of slowing down in that regard.
0: And I think we're quite blessed as well that as captain's a striker, because I think it always puts the onus on attacking sometimes that you wouldn't normally get with a centre-half. The idea that biggest captain thing, Sharp's done, like when that idiot, like, holding NJ on the floor of the way at Birmingham, and he just just marched straight in, grabbed his shirt, and basically said, get off him. Like, what are you doing? Mess with someone your own size, even though he was about a foot tall and sharp. Um, like, he's he, he, we do this so much, don't we? We, we? we praise him, he'll drop off, he'll be in and out of the team, might have a small injury, might have, get sent off, suspension, whatever. And then six months later, we're back to praising him. And obviously the time will come, he never, never, he's no longer playing for us. But at the moment, like most most clubs in the country, and even the ones that have got someone who's got that homegrown sort of affiliation with the crowd, like mega goal scorer, like classic centre forward, and you, you'd always bag, uh, back to bag a goal. Are there any clubs that have got that relationship we've got with Sharp? And we should just cherish it for as long as possible. Even like Harry Kane is an example of one, but he's soured. The, the relationship there is completely soured. That won't happen with Sharp because it's Andy was an Arsenal
2: fan as a as a as a kid. You know, he, he was actually an Arsenal fan when he was six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'll just think, it, yeah, exactly. The other, the I mean, the other thing about it is obviously we hope that Brewster's obviously going to come back. We're probably don't, not going to see him this season, but. He's admitted himself, obviously, he's been working with Sharp. Sharp's been giving him pointers, he's been watching him. For people like Brewster, even Enjay, who's possibly not going to turn out to be a, an absolute, you know, a, a number nine, he's probably gonna play his trade a little bit deeper. It can only be a good thing for people like them to work with Sharp on a daily basis. You know, no no young striker can fail to learn from him, surely if they've got anything about him. So while he's doing the business for us now, he's also helping us with Hopefully, the strikers are going to potentially take his place in, in next season. Or
0: I think
1: that's why he, another reason you'd give him the contract. He'd he'd retire. Here, but I think he's he's come out and said that. Give him a couple of year contract, maybe even a three year deal that turns into a coaching deal after eighteen months or after so many performance appearances or something like that. I, I just think you're right. He's an asset to the club. All right, he, he might not got the best reputation away from the football club sometimes in the past. But right now, everything he does is is proper, and he he does it for the right reasons. And I th- I think he's he's a good ambassador to have right now, on and off the pitch. I think there was a quote last night during the commentary. I didn't watch the game on Sky so I was there, but it was was it something like Billy Sharp could run around Bramall Lane with his eyes shut and the floodlights off, and he'd still know where the goal is. <laughs> that was a brilliant quote.
0: Uh, yeah, and and uh, that photo. Of him being held up by McBurney is iconic already, in my opinion. That is such an eye. That's up there with that footage of the goal he scored against Leeds, that like bully.
2: It's got Luke Press written all over it. That
0: yeah. Come on, Luke. <laughs> You've stopped doing uh, the did you, did you, pictures, but you can do that.
3: Did you see the look of adoration in Gibbs White's eyes as well when he's looking up at it? <laughs> it's Absolutely. proper. Oh. Yeah. You could you, you could have the you know, like, he's looking at me, you could just play, je t'aime, all that over the top of it. It's proper <laughs> dreamy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, that's your task, here. That's,
2: that's what you need to
3: do. No, I get in trouble when I start dubbing sounds over videos. Listen, people, to people, take people don't like us taking the mickey out of Muse because he was trying his best. Trying his best <laughs> so much he lasted 45 minutes on his debut in Italy. Arrest my case.
2: As long as you don't, do, but Debbie does Dallas over the top of it, I think we're
0: all right. Yeah, um, well, think is with Moose there. The reason he's wearing number 99 is when he was speaking to the bloke on the phone, he thought he was ordering his crispy chilli beef. Um, anyway, sorry, that's not my best work. Um, <laughs> on, the,
2: on the subject of strikers, obviously we've just talked about Moose and we've talked about Sharp. I really, really, really hope that wasn't david mcgoldrick's last act in a Sheffield united shirt last night that would be a really really awful way to finish his career here. obviously out of contract at the end of the season possibly a lot possibly less likely than the likes of bash and billy to get a to get a new deal and it would be an awful way if he's you know if he's if he's done something serious like a you know torn thigh or a torn groin and doesn't play for the rest of the season if that was the, the last we saw of him on a, on a football pitch i think that would be awful
0: uh, that, it was a shame that he went down. It's like I said before, I think that's the best he's played in 18 months or so. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was everywhere. He was buzzing around. He was linking things. If anything, he, he should have been fed food on goal a couple of times, but Sharp's passing was actually a little bit off. Uh, there were a couple of phases of play. I agree, Dan. I think that's so unfortunately... We thought that's what was going to happen when we signed him. We thought he'd be somebody who'd be in and out of the side because of his injuries if if playing off, But he's he's obviously... Those days he had at um, Ipswich when he was constantly injured, so it seemed to be behind him. But we'll have to see. Has anything been said today about how long he's out for or anything? We're waiting
1: for a scan, aren't they? Yeah, I'm it'll sure be, be a scan i'll Hmm. Another talking point from last night. I, I, sorry, I echo completely what you're saying if it is his last game for United. It's such a shame what a wonderful footballer he's been for us. Um, Baldock playing left-back then. How, how did we think that went? How do you think it worked? It worked really well, didn't
0: it? You get a com- level of commitment from Baldock that you don't get out of any of the other full-backs we've got, and it he probably helped Robinson And the thing is, the way we play in the final third, yeah, like we try to do – the centre-backs do go up, but the little neat triangles in the corner and get into the byline only happens now because of Bogle's pace and ability to beat a man. It's not – you know, I wouldn't say it's like overtly tactical like it used to be in those wide areas. So the ability to use his left foot to cross and stuff, it's not really necessary and he, he brought that like, defensive stability to that left-hand side of defence, which I feel like we've been talking about for, I keep saying it, but last season and a half being, being a bit dodgy. It was only a matter of time before he got back on the pitch, but the fact that he managed to get in the side and play as well as that, and obviously the tackle everyone will talk about, but his general performance was amazing.
1: Well, two massive moments. I mean, he set the goal up, Billy Sharp's first goal. It was his pass, it was him in the... Inside left position, if you want to call it that, to, to cut the ball back for the Sharp's first goal. And then within minutes, he, he, he stopped it from being 1 1. So I don't know. I th- he's a better fullback than Reese Norrington Davis. That's for definite, in my opinion. And then Stevens as shallow, the player he was two or three years ago. So there's every chance he'll stay there, I think. I, 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 I agree. I think it's
2: his shirt to lose now.
0: And it's and it's a, also a nice pop, nice, nice issue to have that we've That If we're being like Frank, like last season, even when we were rubbish, Baldock was one of his better performers. He's one of the like the last ones to get, if you like, the hecky, the hecky, um, what's the word to use? I am trying to think of something that rhymes with it, but hecky hump sounds really weird, like a dance move. like a little like bounce off hecky hump. <laughs> hecky hump as
2: a dance move.
0: But like a it, you know, like, get a little... you like, know, Get a bounce, starting to play well again. So, you obviously go, like, Egan, Basham, Norwood, Hurahan, Sharp, etc. we started to see them at the best again, since Ekinbottom's been. And and now, I think, we see... That's the best Bulldogs played this season by a country mile, and he's out of position. And we've got players, like, other players who are going to come into this. Now, he's only done two sub-appearances, but... It just showed McBurney clearly looks happier than he's been in ages. And the little he was involved in the link up play really well for the second goal last night. And obviously, when he came on at Birmingham, he just did the battering ram, go and be annoying role like perfectly. And I'd like to hope him and Jebison, if there's any positive, there isn't any positive out of play getting injured, but it's a good job that we did get Jebison back because we need him more than ever now, even. And people going bonkers before. Why is Jefferson not starting? If McGoldrick's starting, it's like, he'll, if we learn anything about hecking bottom, he doesn't just throw people in. Like, the desperate... If we'd been desperate for a win last night, I'm sure Gibbs White would have started, but he's been patient with him, so he knows he needs to get him right, because we want him for the next three months, not for the next, like, 30 minutes. And I think... I think it's really exciting what could happen in those forward positions because we've got Jebison, so-
3: Jebison will play plays part and that's the thing I've used, I've used the word twice recently and I remember saying it first off at Peter but not so much to, to fill but there was a lot of noise around us and frustration going up to our time I said we've got to be patient it will, it will come and there's a kind of belief that you know, you know we start to see these games out same against Birmingham you know we're doing the right things to get something here and we did. And it's the same with the players. We've just got to be patient. People will want to see certain players in there from the start. And sometimes they won't be. But they'll have a real key part to play, either off the bench or at the next game. Absolutely.
0: He's, I
2: mean, He's definitely going to get minutes now, isn't he, Jefferson? Obviously, He can if he doesn't. <laughs> with McGoldrick being injured, he's, he's. I would imagine he'll probably start on the bench on Saturday against Huddersfield. There's a good chance that there's a good chance he, you know, he gets on at some stage. I think, I think good every overall. chance
1: it'll be McBurney and uh, McBurney and Sharp I think will start on Saturday. Is McBurney's fit enough to start? I think, I think that's what it'll be. I do, yeah. Rather than... And I suppose... So last night they started with Sharp up on his own really, didn't they? With Njaye and McGoldrick behind him. I suppose mm-hmm. McGoldrick dropping out could mean that Gibbs White just takes that position and they go the same way but... I don't know. I think I'm a bit with John, really. That I think McBurney's looked really good last two times he's been on. Last yeah. three times he's been on the pitch, actually, He was really good at Peterborough as well.
0: They're not lumping the ball up to him, expecting him to bring it down and make everything happen. He's the use. It, he's using his feet, and he's always yeah. been better when he does that. And he's not. He, he snapped at one that would have been offside last night, but that just that's the stunk of someone who just he's just desperate to score, so he just welled it. But. I think like Heckingbottom the best some of the best the part outside of Swansea the best football McBurney played was when Heckingbottom had him at Barnsley played him in the right channel we'll see. All right. and if he's not if he's not up to it gibbs white comes off the bench or George Jefferson does or Berger and this is the thing that we've got these players who can we, I stood, sat on here and talked about how bad Berger had been, and how I was like going to have him down as one of the worst signings ever. And then against Birmingham, second half, second half, we got back into the game. So he had that bit of quality that no one else has got. So I keep saying it, but I'm so excited.
1: About Good time to be a blade again, isn't it? It's amazing how I think quick things change.
0: Absolutely.
2: He's, you think? Yeah, you think what we were like? Probably just around my neck and bottom took over. You know, we, we just got rid of our second manager in less than a year. Had a load of players in that we didn't particularly like. A lot of the old guard were seemingly done and spent. And, and you know, I'll hold my hands up. I thought that some of these had, had actually, you know, had done. We, we'd never see them anything like the level they were before. And then, whatever, what, what is it? Eight wins out of nine, nine, seven wins out of eight, whatever it is. Um, suddenly everything's, uh, <laughs> everything's completely turned on its head, isn't it?
0: And that, I mean, part of me thinks that we're fickle, but then we were really bad. So yeah. we're really good. Like
2: The thing is, it's not being fickle, is it? If you shit, you're entitled to say we're shit. But then when we're good, you're en- you know, you-, you enjoy saying we're good. It's not- there's, no point- there's no point, you know, sugarcoating it and saying we're brilliant when we're not. And there's no point looking for the negatives when we're playing well. You. Football, Jesus Christ, if there's any game in the world that means you make it while the sun shines, it's football because three, four defeats on the bounce and everything could look could look completely different. So you may as well enjoy it while you can.
3: Like you said, no one would argue that those players were out of form, out of touch, and, and looking a yard off, if not more at mm-hmm. times. So yeah, absolutely. Why why shouldn't we enjoy this? Because actually, there's something about about the, it's about the club, about the squad, about the, the fans, and the connection again, mm. and that's what United have lacked, even towards the end of the while that connection was dimming. Well, there was no you connection,
1: know. was there? Because the, the Cause last, of, yeah, nine COVID, of COVID, Wilder's... COVID,
3: had, COVID had detached it, and and, and even <gasps> you, know, let, you know when you can start to try and. You want to you want to try and bring it back together. It it takes time, and actually, there's elements of of hacking bottom. He's doing some of the some of the basic bits of connecting with the fan base, and the United fans have always appreciated a manager who talks simply to them, you know. And and there's no there's no mysticism or whatever, you know. There's no hiding it. It, it is how it is and i think united fans respond to that
0: 100% we don't we do, it's not like sure. this isn't some sort of like magical sort of revolution it's getting getting the players to work hard and play play be be like express themselves what want to enjoy the football with scoring goals which is always always does help and like you say like it's the common sense you hear from him and you know doesn't get it's a bit Nigel Atkins. Don't get too high when we win, don't get too low when we lose. But this seems to there's like a constant with Eckingbottom, isn't there? There's like a, you know, yeah. like 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 trust me, we talked about in the previous podcast the, the process with doing the same subs, despite the criticism he's received. Like I know what I'm doing, I've got an idea. It might work. And he, he said something interesting in his postmatch last night. No one, we've been that good and under the radar. No one's talked about us. But if we carry on like this, everyone will be talking about us, or something to that extent. And I thought that was quite interesting. Almost saying, "Yeah, we're really good, and no one's even noticed how good we are." And I don't know. I, I, I'm going to say it again. Just so excited about the end of the season.
3: There's levels we can go to beyond where we are now. On the pitch, on the league table, and that's oh. that's the thing for me.
0: Yeah, I think getting just let's get in the playoffs, and as when that happens, it might happen. There's every chance we're in there before everyone else kicks off on Saturday. Um, getting the playoffs, and then it's like making sure we've got a gap at the bottom of them, and then you start looking upwards. Because I'm um, that little absolute weasel of a man who's spunked a load of money at Bournemouth. I would love it. I would love it. If we got to second place above them, I would absolutely love it because he is an absolute fraud, Parker. They have got and they have got a magnet down at Dean Court where these weaselly, pathetic footballers go and start their managerial career and then get blessed with all this praise when they've had heaps of money. And he's the one that's following how he is. Honestly, spending all that money when they were already second, he better go up, otherwise he's going to be really, really embarrassed. But the poor lucky sod's got another three years on his contract. I can't tell whether
1: you're a fan or not, John.
0: Oh, I've never liked him as a player. The commentators used to refer to him as like little Scotty Parker, like he was like somehow... Like did intense. you used to try and do
1: keepy ups in your back garden like you did on that McDonald's advert and couldn't do it? Is that what it is? Is that where it
2: stemmed from?
0: It's nothing to do with my uh, my shortcomings. Steve saying, so, "John, if you can do ten
2: do ten kick ups, I'll take you for a Big Mac." And he's in garden eight, nine. Oh fucking Scott Parker!
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a bang average footballer, but I can do ten kick ups. He's um, no, I just don't like him, and I think the fact that Bournemouth has spent all that money. I think could actually like rock the boat down there a bit, and I'd be all for it. It's
1: unusual for a team to spend that amount of money in January and it gel straight away. Doesn't happen very often. That's
0: weird, one really. When you've got a decent side anyway, but we we were unlucky down at Bournemouth. I I don't think they're all. That'll be a huge game at the Lane. I don't know when that is, but yeah, I look forward to that. Not that long, is it? Probably you'll have to join Macker
3: in the swearing section, John.
0: I don't. I won't give it to. He, he looks like a sensitive soul. I don't want to upset him.
3: <laughs> but is a thought. Do you think if he'd I have thought, had the same? Think he'd have the same profile as he's got now in the media if the someone hadn't turned him into Mike Skinner.
1: Oh, 9th of April.
0: I'm away. I. I don't. I'm. It's danger zone time for me. That. I just think when I see Scott Parker, <laughs> he looks—he looks like danger,
3: a... danger zone. Is that what you—is that what you describe it to? You know,
0: a Top Gun reference. I'm assuming your missus is not within earshot. She's she's not in, but like I want to say, that, 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 there you go. When no, when I, I might need to be on hand rather than going to the sheath and having a pint and watching shouting, hurling abuse at Scott Parker. But well, he looks like he's been kicked for <laughs> at Gantt as well. Like, I just don't like the way he dresses. I just don't like him. Just, you have
2: yeah. the same opinion as him as I am of Eddie Howe, aren't you? It's yeah. yeah. Your, it's a Bournemouth thing.
0: I mean, what did make me laugh uh, at the weekend? I was listening to the commentary of the Forest game. Jonathan Woodgate was on commentary. I forgot he'd been at Bournemouth. I'm still God, there. He was their manager last year, wasn't it? Yeah, so he was yeah. Still there. I'd, I'd forgot about it. Woodgate and he was talking about just the way he was, just the way he was going off. I was like, bloody hell, he's been allowed on radio, not not real. He's not on uh, invite list Men's Mensa Christmas do. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> talking talking of Eddie, how Dan, he's probably going to keep him up, isn't he? So it'll all start, but then he'll spend a load of money, and there'll be 14th in December, and he'll get sacked.
2: Yeah, he'll not keep his job long. They'll have, they'll have, uh, they'll have the sights set higher than
0: Eddie Howe. I mean, I'd have to laugh at the fact they signed Dan Byrne. I thought that was such a weird transfer. I didn't realise he was like 30. Seems, seems a lifetime ago that uh, Nigel Adkins was hiding in the bush outside his house.
2: Nigel Adkins has sat at home somewhere going, see, see, I told you this lad would make it to the top. I told you, we could have had him at lane, but no. <laughs>
0: If you'd given me him and Sam Morsey, we would have gone up. Instead, I got Alex Baptiste and who was the dodgy midfielder he got? Obviously Hammond. Like, there was some other player came in who they played.
1: Don't criticise Hammond. You don't see what he does.
0: Well, no one did. That was the problem, wasn't it, Nigel? Apart from you, you weirdo. Um I, but... don't, know if
2: we, I don't know if we've discussed this on here before, but does anyone know why Dan Burns only got nine fingers? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, even know. I, he I, had I mean, I'm, guessing it, I'm guessing he's not like Terry Nutkins. I'm guessing he didn't have it bitten off by an otter at some stage. But... <laughs> I'm Just, I've,
1: always, it. to
2: yourselves. I've always been curious as to why he's only got nine fingers.
0: Nigel Atkins bit one off trying to sign him. <sighs> <laughs> I didn't know. I'm, it. Really, I'm really, really
2: hoping after the last couple of weeks here that it's not some sort of Jenny. Um, some sort of birth defect
3: maybe maybe it's like you know Eddie Howe maybe he didn't did did, well maybe he did what uh, Adkins didn't maybe he had a you know artificial finger in a box and saying do do you want to join us you can have one of these (laughs) let me have a guess he's in
2: the he's a member of the Yakuza and that's how he had to take his finger off as penance. Ian, yeah, I've yes. got a
0: vision in the bloody boardroom of, like, Eddie Howe, like uh, like Jack Nicholson in The Departed, where he gets the hand out and just starts slapping it on his chest. <laughs> with the finger.
1: It's well, really not that interesting. It's quite horrific, actually. Oh, no. So, um, the Blues defender, not Blues anymore, lost the digit when he was 13. He was wearing a ring on the finger when he caught it on a spike whilst climbing a fence, and it ripped his finger off.
2: Why is he wearing a, he he wearing
1: a ring? I are not warned about
0: 13, that. the spiv. <laughs> spiv. Spiv. I mean, it'll be like a sovereign as well. I imagine. Probably, yeah. Be like, be like Anthony from
2: Royal Family. that's oh, smart.
0: That. <laughs> Bless him. Oh, sorry, Dan. Um, We didn't... Oh, no, it's fine. Every
2: every day's a school day. Now I know why Dan Burns has only got nine fingers. That's great. And
0: and at Four Blades in the pub, we are here for our love of Sheffield United, but also to provide listeners with insights into random (laughs) footballers. Um, Dan Burn is the latest in this. Um, It's just... The thing with Dan Burn. I just cannot see him without thinking of Nigel Atkins and that awfully long... Um, forum post on S24SU, which was only eclipsed by the eclipsed by the Sam Morsey one. That probably needed its own forum. It had that many people there uh, commented on it. But I don't even think. Oh, he's Morsey's obviously been a good player for a long while, but Dan Byrne just baffles me, especially when he was playing left back for a long time. Anyway, Dan, one day you'll get your finger, mate. It is holding it on until you stay in the Premier League. You'll get this when we stay up. We were talking
2: to our Dan, then. I ain't got a clue <laughs> where that was going. Yeah, but must have been, I must admit, when he said, one day you'll get your finger, I was like, well then. <laughs> it's took a
3: turn. Promises, yeah. promises. Yeah. <laughs> at least probably dinner first.
0: Mr and Mr Sheffield United. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> on, a, on a serious note on that, I think we should say at this point, you know, you're right, you've been, you know, very modern with that mr. mr Sheffield United we did get a, a a mention from rainbow blades just asking us to mention that um it's football versus homophobia month and so obviously they're doing a lot to promote United for all and I think we just should say in this with amongst us tonight we're all proud allies of rainbow blades so um keep so up well the good work for them
1: yeah fantastic absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good news for United to be recognized for the work they're doing that um, absolutely
3: Absolutely. And so. it is good
2: to see, you know, I mean, we, we were old enough to when football was a very different sport from kind of fans' side of things in the kind of early 80s, 90s. And it is, it is a better place to go now. For the, for the most part, all right, you still get dickheads. Every club's got their own dickhead following. But people can kind of go and not be worried about who, being who they are and what they are um, without fear of being you know, thought of any different, and, it, and it's it, it is for the better. They trainers, John?
0: What are these? No, mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being clean. Well, really good, don't they? Yeah, really. Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new, mate. They look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable too. Adam done at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. Fe- fellas, have blade too. Oh, nice one. That says buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs. I need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save say me, someone who's got a bit of a trader for H, an absolute fortune. You can get them on social media, like most things these days. Go on Twitter, at Glistening Kicks, and Instagram, at Glistening underscore Kicks. Or they have a website, www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them round yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel and smell like new and its I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have them look out for us
1: Nice one, cheers for that, I'm going to get on to them straight away what was their industry again? At glistening underscore kicks
0: That's the one, really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades Brilliant. Nice one, other blades?
1: So, on that note, how do we uh, how do we see this week's games going?
0: I think Huddersfield's really hard. Um, but we're really good, so I think we can... I'll take a draw at Huddersfield and beat Hull on Tuesday.
3: We had this conversation at half-time last night because we were asked to submit our view for Prutton's Predictions podcast. <laughs> Try saying that when you had a few beers. Um, for Sky, and I think I, I said 2-1, which I think, um, Dan, Dan, were you in agreement on that? I I,
2: yeah, I said 2-1 as well. I think Phil was slightly more confident. I think Phil went for another clean sheet, didn't you?
1: Yeah, 2-0, I think I said, yeah. But I think we agreed on 2-1 in the end, didn't we? So
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, I must admit, whenever I've seen Huddersfield this season, they're obviously doing well, you know, they're having a good season, but the the same as a lot of clubs in this division. You look at them and you go, yeah, they're all right, but there's nothing there that you think can't, you know, if we play as well as we can, there's no reason why we can't beat them. And that's, that's not me getting carried away because we've won a few and thinking we've got a divine right just to turn up and win. But other than probably Fulham in this division, maybe on the day of Bournemouth, there's nothing that should terrify anyone really. I still think well, it's I- quite an average division.
3: I, I said something similar. So when I put the text in, which hopefully, you know, if it gets like to Mr. Putton will read out as part of his uh, discussion, I'd like to apologise, first of all, because I had to send it at half time with a chance to make any late edit after the match. So I did jinx McGoldrick because I said two informed teams, United picking up points and wins without hitting the gears I think we're capable of. Despite the loss of Bruce, do we have options up front to change it if it isn't going our way Two one blades win? And I had to edit it, obviously, at the final, whistle to say... Despite the loss of Brewster and now McGoldrick,
0: yeah, don't do one of them on Saturday. We need to, but yeah, um, I think I, I think that you're probably right. I'm just being a bit cautious. Huddersfield are like, really decent, got a really decent record. I mean, I don't—they're one of those sides that if you you probably couldn't name that many of the players. They were absolutely shit at Bramalline. Yeah, they were. Mm. But... They've they've got they've done well and they've they have they have got they've got like a bit of a gap in the playoffs. They'd be one of the first sides if we got in there, we'd be looking to catch. So let's let's make a start on that on Saturday. And then Hull. I mean, it's all all set up for the Regan, Slater, Tyler Smith Masterclass if uh, if we if you want to put your negative blade hat on. But I think we've we were pretty average and we managed to score three at their place. So I think we can win. I that. mean it's
2: it's a sorry state of affairs if we Worried about what Regan Slater and Tyler Smith can do
0: to us, isn't it? I mean, good luck to them. I hope the whole stay up and they go on to... Yeah, all...
2: good luck to them. I hope they go going and do well. And I hope we make a bit more money off them, you know, if they kick on and turn into good players. But
0: if it's they, if they were that, week. they'd
3: still be here, wouldn't they? And they've had they've had appearances under previous managers, not not just the one who let them go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, Fortunately,
2: I'm missing that one. So... But, the world's starting to open up again. My first foreign trip for work coincides with a United game on a Tuesday. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm missing that one. But uh, I'll try and find some sort of stream from a hotel in Frankfurt. Yeah,
0: you'll be able to get it on the old um, uh, SUFC TV, and Bob Coslop can put you to sleep at half-time, Dan, with his uh, really monotone commentary on what's happened. It's...
1: For a man who was meant to be such a
3: joker, he's really dull, isn't he? Does yeah. this mean we're not getting him on the pod?
0: Yeah, well, I think I think Sheffield United need to probably try to score a few more goals. They've not scored. We've got him on the pod, and it's not that Blessing they've not gentleman. got It's not. It's not that they've not got the players. They've just not scored. Okay, Rob, thank you very much. And now back to the second half. Gagey in my Gagey does the commentary and he does have some good insights about football um to be fair
3: So I think we can safely say we are, despite absences from the lane, looking forward to the next couple of games, which yep. is a nice thing to get into pod saying for a change
0: yeah and then in two weeks' time, where did it we'll be playing where did it all go wrong by Oasis as we start the pod and we'll all be sobbing down the air but I mean. See, see how we're doing for um see how we're doing for schedules and stuff but it'd be good to get one out because i think people enjoy listening to these a lot more when we're playing well than when we're not um but yeah it's been it's been doing, a good
2: enjoy doing them when we're playing well than when we're
0: not absolutely yeah uh, we even managed to talk solely about football for a good half an hour before descending into absolute chaos and nonsense mainly me talking about scott parker so yeah but in all seriousness it's been good to catch up gentlemen and I really look forward to seeing what happens for the rest of the season and I'll say it again, I'm excited and I'd also say, up the blades up the blades up the blades, up the blades. Up the blades.